to another episode of Access Ability. It's a show on YouTube where I talk about the video game industry, accessibility, and representation. Basically, how can we help more people to play games, and more people to see themselves in the games they play? A little over a month ago, in late April 2020, Sony released a State of Play presentation focused on Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart. The game is an upcoming action-adventure title, and the presentation focused mainly on story and overall gameplay mechanics like how do guns work, how can you move around the world, but if you freeze-framed little bits of the end of the trailer you could get a glimpse at some of the accessibility settings coming to the game. A couple of weeks ago, Sony sent me an early review copy of Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart to have a look at for review. That has given me the opportunity to have a proper look through this game and see what accessibility settings are there, if there's any that weren't visible during that state of play presentation, and how all of those settings work in practice when you actually play the game. So today, on Accessibility, we're going to do an accessibility review for Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart. We're going to talk about what accessibility settings in the game work well, which ones could have done with a little extra work, and which settings were done better in previous Sony games that we would really like to see be done just a little better here. As a quick heads up, all the footage being shown during this video review was captured using the game's fidelity mode. Let's start off with one of Sony's more visibly noticeable accessibility settings options of the past couple of years, high contrast mode. For blind or partially sighted players, high contrast mode allows players to change the colours of in-game elements, turning the game world grayscale, and selecting colours for regular enemies, boss enemies, collectible pickups, the player character, and a bunch of other UI elements. The implementation of high contrast mode in Rift Apart is pretty comparable to Spider-Man Miles Morales. The settings are all there for players who need them, but are a little less immediately accessible for players who might want to turn them on and off at points during their play session. In The Last of Us 2, the first Sony game to really push high contrast mode as a setting, players could turn the feature on and off mid-game play or cutscene by swiping left on the touchpad. That functionality wasn't in Spider-Man Miles Morales, and isn't in Rift Apart either. You'll need to pause and navigate several levels of menus to activate or deactivate the setting. Additionally, high contrast mode in Rift Apart doesn't function within cutscenes, another area where it compares unfavourably to The Last of Us 2. In terms of other visual accessibility settings, players can alter the size of in-game icons and prompts, turn off UI parallaxing, and change the colour of certain key text elements. I'm still glad that the game supports high contrast mode. The level of customization available really helps the setting be useful to a wide range of players, but it's a shame no Sony first-party game since The Last of Us 2 has managed to maintain that game's use of the mode in cutscenes and easy toggling via touchpad swipe. I'm glad the feature's becoming a standard, but Sony has done it better in the past, and I hope we see them do so in the future. In terms of gameplay, one of the most impressive areas of accessibility is the settings available around aim and targeting assistance when shooting enemies. Aim assist adjusts the speed that the game camera moves to help keep enemies in the centre of the screen, auto-aim turns the camera towards the nearest enemy when firing, and lock-on automatically targets and locks the camera onto an enemy when aiming. In combination, these can allow a player to essentially hold down aim, hold down fire, and automatically shoot in the direction of the nearest enemy, moving to the next enemy when that enemy is defeated. In practice, you might lock onto enemies who are behind cover, which may necessitate jumping around and moving around the environment, 
or you may lock onto an enemy who isn't the primary threat to you at this moment. If you need to switch which enemy you're targeting, you can do so with a flick of the right stick, and you may need to move the character into a safer position to keep them from getting hit by enemy projectiles, but this setting does allow for making aiming at enemies a much simpler process. All accessibility settings in Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart work on all of the game's four difficulty modes, so if you're someone who might excel at dodging bullets but struggle to aim at the same time, you can toggle these settings on to help assist in aiming, while still having to manage dodges and jumps in combat. Additionally of note, the visual, audio and rumble feedback in Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart are impressive enough in practice that it's still a lot of fun to play through combat, even with all of these assists turned up to their maximum settings. It doesn't take the fun out of going through this adventure. There's also a useful toggle for melee attacks, where rather than a single button press resulting in a single melee attack, you can instead set the game to keep doing melee attacks until you press the button a second time, which is great for anyone who struggles with repetitive button inputs. While Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart makes amazing use of the DualSense controller's haptic rumble and adaptive triggers, some of the best use I've seen to date on the console. For players who struggle with those settings, the game offers a few ways to customise those features. Experiential is the default setting, giving players every sensation from gun recoil felt in the triggers to vibrations of footsteps on the floor, but the game also offers a much more simplified functional mode, which only vibrates for gameplay important information such as damage being taken or ammo being picked up. These settings are particularly useful for blind or partially sighted players, but there's a bunch of other disabled players they're helpful for as well. There is also a setting for turning rumble and adaptive triggers off entirely if you struggle with either of those in games. The subtitle options in Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart are pretty robust, with size, colour, speaker tag, background colour, and opacity settings available. The game allows you to preview changes to subtitle settings from within the subtitle menu itself, saving trips in and out of the menu, which is always appreciated. While moving around the game world, Simplified Traversal Mode allows players to map all traversal functions, from combat dodges to swinging on mid-air tethers, to the circle button. While this feature largely worked well and did a good job of simplifying the game's control layout, I did once or twice encounter situations where pressing the circle button didn't do what I expected, such as activating hover boots while I was trying to grab onto a tether mid-jump. It's not perfect, but if you're someone who needs fewer buttons in your control setup, it works pretty well. As a frequently motion-sick player, I found the game's camera shake reduction setting really useful. I had an overall very smooth experience while playing through the game, helped a lot by additional camera stability. Additionally, the game features the option for a centre screen dot, turning off motion blur, turning off depth of field, and reducing other visual and full screen effects, which I ultimately didn't need to make use of, but they're there if your motion sickness is more acutely impacted by this game than mine. I will definitely keep these settings in mind, because if I come back to play this at some point while I'm tired, I might well need them. When traversing the world, some of the more useful settings in my experience included off-screen ledge guard, which during combat allowed me to back away from enemies in fights, safe in the knowledge I wouldn't accidentally back off a platform while focused on shooting. If this would be a useful setting to you in general while platforming, you can also set it to ledge guard off-screen all of the time. I also really appreciated the hover boot auto pump, which allowed me to get to my maximum traversal speed without a series of well-timed adaptive trigger pulls to get there. While I could usually manage the hover boot pumps myself in most situations, 
There were a few times where the game gave me very little room to get up to max speed, and this setting was a blessing. Additionally, I really appreciated the look at waypoint feature, which points the player as the crow flies towards their next major plot objective with a button press. It's no equivalent to The Last of Us 2's waypoints, which pointed the player in increments along the path toward progress, but it was appreciated nonetheless. For players who may struggle to hold down buttons, most held buttons in the game can be switched instead to toggles or automated functions. Beyond what's shown off in the game's accessibility settings menu, there are also a couple of other in-game features that I want to highlight, which might end up being accessibility features for some players. Firstly, the loading times in Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart are fast, and honestly, in many cases, faster than the pre-release trailers for the game suggested. Hopping through portals to other worlds takes less than a second, and narrative moments of planet hopping are very tightly paced. For players with conditions such as ADHD, who may find themselves distracted by lengthy in-game loading times, the super fast loading on show here should help to keep you engaged with the game, rather than distracted waiting to get back to playing. Additionally, Rift Apart contains occasional puzzle solving sections involving reality shifting orbs. While these puzzle sections are pretty well balanced, if you find you struggle with them, there is an option to skip those puzzles at any time. Having completed my first full playthrough of Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart, and now being several hours into my second playthrough, I'm overall really impressed with the level of accessibility settings on offer here. Sony has very clearly made an effort to push their first party studios to have a consistent level of software accessibility, and this is a good thing for our industry overall. It's a shame that neither Spider-Man Miles Morales nor Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart have managed to capture some of the nuances of what made The Last of Us 2's accessibility things as great as they were. You know, there's things like the inability to swipe left on the touchpad to turn on or off high contrast mode. You're not using that function on the touchpad for anything, let us use it for high contrast mode. But even so, Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart is head and shoulders above pretty much anything that the other console manufacturers are doing with their first party games in terms of software level accessibility, and that's something we should be praising. If you're looking for a fun action-adventure platformer where traversal and combat can be simplified and visual elements can be made more visually distinct, you can't go too wrong with Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart. It is a visual showpiece, it's one of those games that makes next-gen feel exciting and something that I want to show to people, but it's also just a really fun game. I completed my first playthrough and near instantly started on my second, and I'm really glad that these accessibility settings are going to make sure that as many people as possible can play along as well.